So I was in second grade, and we were just about to start snack time, my favorite time of the day when I was in second grade. So snack time in 1979 in Point Barrow, Alaska, consisted of a five-gallon jug of government peanut butter with three inches of oil on top. So I'm just about to scoop the biggest possible scoop that I can get and to put it on my pilot bread. And for those of you who have ever had pilot bread, it's more like a pilot cracker, right? So I'm about to scoop the biggest possible scoop of peanut butter on my pilot bread cracker when an announcement comes over the loudspeaker. Attention, students, teachers, Harry Brower Jr., I'm sorry, Harry Brower Sr. has just landed a whale. School is closed. Everybody needs to leave the building, go home, and get out to the ice lead as soon as possible. So everyone scrambles. I take my peanut butter pilot bread cracker and throw it in the trash, and I run out of school. Now, the fastest way for me to get from school to home is across the graveyard. Not my favorite route to get home, but the fastest by far. So I take off running as fast as I can. Mound over mound over mound I was running. <laughs> Mounds. See, in Barrow, we can't bury people underground because of the permafrost. It's frozen all the time. So we have to bury people above ground in mounds of dirt. So I'm running home. Mound after mound after mound I'm running. And I finally get to my front door, and there's my dad. They're waiting for me, parka on, snow machine warmed up. He's got my parka in his hand and all my warm gear. We're ready to go. I put on my parka, put on my warm gear, and jump on the back of the snow machine, and off we go. And off we all go, the whole town, hundreds of people, snow machines, three-wheelers, are all headed out, following the runner out onto the Arctic Ocean. And as we get to, to, to the beginning of the ocean, all you can see is pure white, jagged, ice, and we head out on this little trail to what is supposed to be the ice lead. And this long black snake of snow machines and three-wheelers snakes its way into the unknown. And it takes forever. We're going on and on. I look back, snow machines, look in front of me, three-wheelers. Finally, finally, after the longest time, we get there. And this pure white ice hits its end, and for as far as I can see is black water in this little skin boat floating in the water and two men standing in it and this strange rope snaked out of the water onto the ice. So one by one, we park our snow machines and our three-wheelers and people begin to pick up the rope, one person at a time. There must have been 200, 300 people there, all of them picking up this rope. And once everybody had a hold of it, we began to pull. Heave, ho, heave, ho. The pressure on the rope was so tight, I was so little, it was lifting me off the ground. <laughs> heave, ho, heave. And slowly but surely, out of the water came the most amazing thing I had ever seen. It was 60 feet long, 80 tons. Its shimmering black skin contrasted against the white ice was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. It was a bowhead whale. And as soon as it was up on the ice, I got pushed out of the way. Get out of the way, kid! And the action started. Men jumped on top of the whale, and some positioned themselves on the side of it. They had these long poles with knives on the end, and they began to harvest the whale and cut long strips out of it. The women set up little stoves and began to cook food to feed the men while they were doing this work. And this action was incredible. 
and I didn't know where to stand. I didn't know what to do. At one point, because they're taking big 500-pound chunks off the whale and throwing it down, men are gaffing it, and they have to run because of the momentum to get it to the sleds to get it back to town. At one point, I was in the wrong place, and I got hit and landed on my back. But I, So I got out of the way, and, and I just couldn't, couldn't look away. And this beautiful scene of this whale, pure black, and this ice, pure snow had changed. And now it looked like a murder scene. I mean, pools of blood everywhere, men running all over the place. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And it went on and on for hours. Finally, I sat down on our snow machine, and I couldn't watch anymore. I was so tired, and I fell asleep. And I woke up, and we were racing on the snow machine, and my dad had his arm clutched around me and his other arm on the, on the snow machine, driving it at high speeds over the, the ice. I twisted my head back. There was a sled attached to our snowmobile and a big chunk of whale meat on the sled. So we headed back towards town, and we dropped off the sled at someone's house. I don't even know who it was. And finally, we got back to our house. We parked the snow machine, and... Uh, we went inside of the house. <sighs> I thought it was a dream. I couldn't believe this had actually happened. And then he says, well, you better get dressed. I said, well, what, what do you mean? He said, we got to go over to uh, Harry Brower Sr.'s house, the whaling captain. He invited us over to his house. Really, I said? So we all got dressed, and we walked over to his house. And we walked in at this little house, and it was filled with people. And the smell of food, men and women laughing and telling stories. It was an amazing scene. And I was just this little kid, so I didn't know where to go. And so I snuck myself into a little corner. Hopefully nobody would notice me, right? And then I looked across the room, and there he was. Harry Brower Sr., the whaling captain. And he was looking right at me. And he walked across the room and stood right above me, this huge man with these piercing brown eyes, and he handed me a piece of whale meat, of muktuk. And I put it in my mouth, I chewed it. It was salty. It was kind of chewy, but it was pretty good. And then he looked down at me, and he gave me the biggest smile, and he said, Hariga, your first whale. 